Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening in the stars above. And today we are also graced with the appearance of Pia and Colin. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Our Pleiadian astrology friends. I was looking at the calendar, by the way, you guys, to see the Pleiadian calendar. We were also looking at the regular calendar, but I was looking at the Pleiadian calendar, uh, wondering, you know, about what to talk about today. And then it hit me. It hit me, even though there's not much, you know, I mean, the usual round of things, nothing like big, unless you have some information that I don't have, that the solstice energy begins at one loving. Yes. And that is a coherence to the uh, human design, which every season starts at new gates of loving. That's perfect. That's perfect. I, I, I know. Did like we design it this way? What the, what the heck? This, the, this synchronicity that, that you're mentioning pops up all the time when we're, when we're talking with you about different systems. I, I think this is showing us that, that the truth and the information we need is so connected. It's just, mm -hmm. it, this is on purpose. There's no doubt. It's, it's amazing to me. I love coherence anyway. So I've already, you know, always loved the idea that human design was such a coherent system where joining up the uh, I Ching and astrology and chakras, the Hindu chakra system, and then as well, elements from, you know, quantum science or quantum uh, physics and quantum mechanics and all of that. So I love that. And then when I can start to see coherence popping up in, you know, the calendar uh, and in, you know, other systems, it's just amazing to me how much juiciness there really is when we just start to just open up to seeing what's there besides just the superficial uh, mm -hmm. surface of things. So let's see, let's take a look at what's out here this morning. I see Debbie Tibbetts to me. Good morning. She says, happy Friday, Tom. Hello from uh, Tom. He's now in Ottawa, Canada, instead of Vancouver area or uh, Vancouver Island. Uh, Susie Gemini, good morning. She says, good morning, Janet, Pia, Colin, and everyone. And uh, Christine Buckingham checking in with us. Uh, Jessica, GCU1, Jessica, Grand Rising. And thank you for being here, Kajella. And also uh, Susie says, much love, everyone. Pam Zaruba, hello. So people are checking in with us one after another. It's kind of a lazy Friday morning here. How is it at your place? Anything but lazy. Oh, we've, been, we've been busy since the crack of dawn today. Yeah, I'm always busy from the crack of dawn. And because, you know, we are at this northern latitude by like 3.30 in the morning, it's already starting to get light. At four o'clock this morning, my cat decided she needed to get up. And that means pouncing on me to get up to let her out. And I'm like, no, I, if I open my eyes, I'm going to get up. I only made it to five o'clock. And then I was up because it's light. It's like my body's going, let's go. Let's do this thing. <sighs> oh, wow. That's, right? that's living by natural cycles. Mm -hmm. It's perfect. Yes. And we juxtapose that against, you know, December where no one wants to get out of bed up here. It's dark <laughs> and it's cold. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, so today uh, we don't have a whole lot of astrology to talk about, although I can always find something to talk about. But I... I kind of wanted to um, bring up a couple of different topics, perhaps, that you guys from the Pleiadian viewpoint might be able to help fill us in. We are sitting here in the human design week that is dominated by the sun at gate 12 called the channel. And it is a gate in our human design that sits on the throat center and it hooks us into super consciousness. And so this morning, as I was thinking about this, I went, well, what are the different consciousnesses? Because we talk about consciousness or becoming more evolving consciousness or becoming more conscious. We also talk about the subconscious. And now we're throwing in terms like the super consciousness. And uh, I, I myself was like, oh, I better go look these up. So I looked up what's the difference between subconscious and super conscious. And you guys might be able to elaborate more here. 
And what I found was the super conscious mind sees that everything is in reality made of energy and consciousness. And therefore it sees the underlying unity behind the outer forms. The subconscious mind consists of the unprocessed residue of thoughts, actions, and memories that are ever present, but more or less unnoticed. That's our karmic past. According to Western astrology, that would be our self node energy. Mm -hmm. That's all self. That's all. The, the, the packaging of the past. Yep. 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 The memories, the reactions, the gifts also, there's also always some gold in the shadows. So the gifts also that we bring forward, but all at a subconscious level. So we may not even know we have the gifts. So I would see it like that. And is that how the Pleiadians would also view it for us? Well, they don't see, they see karmic as a different thing. They see it as individual lives that we haven't tapped into yet because they're all happening synchronistically. For the Pleiadians, our view of everything is past or future is a skewed view because everything happens simultaneously. It's just in different dimensions. So from the Pleiadian view, the self node and the subconscious would be a doorway that we're not aware of that we could walk through and straighten some things out that have been habit that are habitual for us right now, or bring forth some gifts that we're not really claiming. I love that. And you know, I've been doing I, I don't remember if we even talked about this last month, <laughs> Colin, maybe we really didn't meet last month. I don't know. I'm pretty sure we did. Um, but I, I was uh, spending more time in the Akashic records as I'm doing soul realignment work now with people as well as astrology and human design. And the more I spend time in the Akashic records, the more I see it is, and I guess I already knew this, but it's our choices that mm -hmm. have created the pathway that we're on. So every time we're met with something, whether it's a trauma, a drama, something exciting, uh, a decision, like a fork in the road, we make a choice. And those choices are either drawing, I would say, from the south node, which might be, you know, things from the past or our fears or shadows, or we can draw from uh, the north node, which would be our destiny. So mm -hmm. one is going to help align us more and more with our soul, keeping us aligned if, with our soul's mission, if you will. While the other one is going to keep us kind of caught up in that wheel of karma. Does that make sense? Because it keeps us in a place that's familiar because it's our default pattern. We default back to old stuff. Whenever we're stressed, whenever we're in conflict, we automatically default back to a pattern that really didn't work so well for us and we need to do it differently. But it's familiar. It is familiar. And the, the being familiar makes us feel safe, even though it's a trick. It's not really getting us where we need to go. That's why focusing on the unfamiliar is really the territory we need to strive for. Yeah. In fact, I was talking with a friend the other day and uh, she is, she just made a big change in her life uh, as far as the work that she's doing. And she said that she was filled with fear. And I said, I think that is the call from your soul that you need to move more fully into this choice that you've made. And I think sometimes we miss that the fear is actually a tell telling us, okay, this is new. This is untried. This is, a, you know, a, a test for you uh, to move forward. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, that, I've probably mentioned this before in all of our discussions together, but that brings me to the idea of a theory that I developed decades ago that any new thing that, that we approach should be 50% scary and 50% exciting. So <laughs> if, if, there's a, if there's a fear involved, we can turn that fear into, well, how is this going to change my life positively? How is this going to give me a new adventure instead of the fear of, oh, no, this is too hard. I don't want to do this. That 50-50 equation enables us to move forward in a much different way, a much, a much more positive way. Instead of walking that linear path that we, we tend, it's so funny because I, I know about the whole idea of the, the Mayan calendar, the Pleiadian calendar, and the idea of the sphere or the, uh, the spiral 
of consciousness. And yet we, we live in such a linear world that it seems like sometimes we get caught up in only two choices going forward or going backward, or mm -hmm. I guess the third choice would be not moving at all. Mm -hmm. uh, only that seems to be not something that we can do either. So there's a lot of discomfort in thinking of things like that, rather than the idea of the spiral that says, okay, well, it, I'm going to move in this direction, but I can always choose again. And I think that's the part we miss. We can always choose again. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's, that, exactly that's, true. That, that's yeah. really an important idea because people believe if they make a really hard choice, they have to stick to it. It's like, this was hard. I don't know if I should have made this decision or this choice, but I did it. So I better stick with it. And what you just said is absolutely important in realizing that we can make another decision instantly. If that decision didn't work, or if it's not taking us where we want to go, we can automatically just say, well, gee whiz, let's make a new decision. Let's do something different. But we don't do that because we're so steadfast about okay, it was hard to make the decision, I made it, so I better stick to it. And in alignment with that, with what Colin's saying, the Pleiadians tell us that we can end karma right now, today, any moment. All Let's we do it. Do, <laughs> all we have to do is make conscious choices moment by moment, because if mm -hmm. you make a conscious choice for the highest good of all, you're ending karma. There's no, there's no karmic attachment. There is no karma. Karma is when you make a choice that, has some things you still need to deal with, some stuff that you need to, the logical consequences are going to bite you more or less. But if you make it from the highest good for all position, there is no karma. And we end all karma immediately by doing that and living that way. Which is a wholly different understanding of karma because people really believe that we bring karma from past or parallel lives forward because we did something wrong and mm. we have to Pay, we have to repay something that wasn't quite right. What Pia just said is extremely important because we can cut that paradigm by simply making always choices for the highest good, which allows us not to be stuck on that karmic wheel. And on that note, I want to show your viewers something to help with that of what is the highest good for all. This is Lartman's new Pleiadian Wisdom Oracle cards, which just arrived and are now just available in the stores everywhere. Mm -hmm. They have 78 pieces of gems of wisdom that you can draw a card from every single day and ask questions about whatever you want to know in your life. Categories of relationship, of nature, of manifestation, of evolution, of purpose. All these different things are available to get a quick to get a quick answer and insight if you're struggling on what is the highest choice to make about fill in the blank. I can't wait. Uh, my friend Debbie bought those for me for my birthday, and I'm waiting for them to arrive. <laughs> I can't wait to play with them. Yeah. Then we could then we could pull card. Actually, you have the deck sitting in front of you. You could pull us a card for the weekend. Sure. Let's do it. Hard for the weekend. Well, this has been this. There you is, go. Pull something. Um, this is from the group of nature cards. It's Earth. And it says, walk outside in nature, putting your feet firmly on the ground, connect with the earth that supports you. Gotta love that one. That's a pretty good weekend thing. And there's a whole description, of course, in the guidebook that talks more about it in depth. But can you show us the card? Can you hold the card up to the camera so we can see it? I'm going to make our screen really big if I can so I can see it. Oh, it's beautiful. The artist that we picked is an incredible. These are in, some of the others. You got to be over here. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty. I love all the colors. This artist that, that we found, he, he's just, he's so connected with, with nature, other realms, um, just we're, we're a perfect match with, with Larkma's wisdom and information with this man's artwork. It's, it's just a perfect, perfect fit. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. And, I, and it is inspired by the, the Pleiadian calendar, right? 
Well, it's inspired by everything they have done for the last two decades. It has mm. pieces of wisdom from their trilogy book, which, by the way, just won the Coalition for Visionary Resources Award for Best Series. Congratulations. So has, thank you. It, the calendar also won for Best Calendar this year. Did so, we vote for that? Like we were yes, voting yes, for these things. Yeah. Yes. I'd like to thank everybody for voting and tell you yes. it made a difference. So it includes wisdom from the calendar. It includes wisdom from their trilogy. It includes wisdom from Pleiadian Earth Energy Astrology book, all set out in Pleiadian quotes that are simplified. We wanted to do this for years, and we've just been too busy doing what we do. And we decided it was time to do something that people could use more quickly instead of reading a book, instead of instead of playing with a calendar. I mean, we want people to use all of these resources, but we thought this would actually capture everything that Pia just described and make it easier for people to get in contact with their hearts in combination with Larkma's wisdom. And we think this is going to help people who don't read books or who don't take the time to work with the calendar system. So we're hoping that this will reach more people. And there's a picture conceptualized of Larkma on the back of each card. Oh my gosh. That's beautiful too. Now, well, where can people get these? You're supposed to be able technically to order it from your bookstore with the ISBN number which is on our website. But if you cannot find it there, all you have to do is go to Book Depository. Book Depository ships all over the world, every country in the world. So just go to Book Depository and you can order it there. Book Depository. And I think um, uh, that's what I got an email or something. Or yeah, Debbie, you sent it to me saying it was coming from Book Depository. So Book Depository, I'm, I'm assuming it's bookdepository.com. Yep. yep. They yep. sell the cards, they sell the calendar, they sell all our books. You can find anything there. And they're really easy to work with. They're way better than working with Amazon. And and what's the name of the, the deck? The original Pleiadian Wisdom Oracle Cards. Okay, so the original Pleiadian. Wisdom. Spell it right, it works better. <laughs> Wisdom Cards. Okay, Oracle. and then... Oracle cards. Okay. Oracle. I already hit it, but so put Oracle in there guys between I'll share it real quick. The original Pleiadian with or wisdom Oracle cards. Yes. Yep. That's it. Yep. Yep. There you go. Yep. But as soon as you put the original Pleiadian in a search term, that's going to, it'll, it'll show up. Yeah. yeah. It'll pop those up for us. So, so I, Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so go in and get them ordered, get them on their way to you. We think it's going to help a lot of people. We really do. Yeah. So, you know, Oracle cards are very popular. And I think a lot more people are understanding how profound the wisdom is in our unconscious, super conscious mind to pull out the right message that we need in any deck for that matter. But we might as well have a high energy uh, deck uh, frequency that of love that the Pleiadians bring. So get the deck. So I wanted to go backwards for just a second. Mm -hmm. When you were describing the unconscious, super consciousness, consciousness, you said something that, that I think is really, really important. You said that super consciousness has to do with energy, that, that energy is a component of that. And one of the things that, that our Pleiadian friends, Larkma, have been talking about forever is Moving from simple consciousness to super consciousness in the understanding that everything in the universe is energy. Everything is made up of energy. So I equate with what the work P and I have been doing with Larkma as a super consciousness platform. And it's all about energy. So super consciousness and energy go together mm -hmm. to help us understand the big picture. So when you described that, that was a ding, ding, ding for me, realizing that that's exactly what Larkma has been trying to get humanity to understand because they live in super consciousness. That's in, in their realm, in their, how they do what they do is super consciousness. Mm -hmm. And that's where we're moving to 
all of us are moving in that direction. So combining energy with super consciousness is a great way of talking about evolution. It's also, I because I was born in this week of the sun being at the gate of super consciousness or the channel, I have always kind of felt like there's this stream of energy that at any moment we can tap into that it's not even, I, I can't even tell you it's my consciousness that it's not my conscious mind that does it. It's my super conscious mind that mm -hmm. will start bringing in information. Like, you know, this morning's flow. I had no idea where we were going to go this morning. Uh, something triggers, maybe it's a sign, a symbol, and then it just starts to flow. This is a week then for everybody, all of you out there to remind us that we are always able to do that. It's not you know, that I'm special because I was born in this week of that gate. It's that we all have that gate. So we all have that that skill that or that uh, ability to tap in. And I always see it's like, you know, going to the web and we put in www and it opens up this world. Um, our super consciousness is just open to the stream of energy that we can tap into at any minute, any moment. And, and you're absolutely right, Janet. It's available to everybody. Everybody can connect with this. It, it's it's all about what we've discussed over and over again on your show. Mm -hmm. It's about realizing we're part of nature, slowing down, and making conscious choices. When we do all those things, we're tapped into what you're describing. And what better time to be talking about this than the upcoming week of solstice and stepping into loving energy? Because loving energy is all about unconditional love and bringing in more light. It's so harmonic. It's such a good energy. It's, it looks at all the dynamic tensions that are there to help us grow and helps us put the tensions together in a way that we find harmony and balance. It's a really great combination to be approaching super conscious awareness, working with energy, all of these things. It's it like is. <laughs> I mean, it, to me, it's even more eloquent because here we are in the week of this higher super consciousness, which by the way, ends on Sunday. So that's the last day of this uh, gate 12 energy. And then we enter into uh, the conscious energy of um, loving and, and at the solstice and the love energy that we enter into uh, is about the love of humanity, the compassion mm -hmm. that we have for one another. And it's, I, I just, when I, when you really watch how the weeks flow in human design or even in uh, the Pleiadian earth astrology, what you see is there's this real eloquent picture that starts to emerge about how these energies flow toward one an another. So this week we're, we're, we're um, recognizing our connection to a super consciousness, to a stream of information. And then we are then able to take that energy in at the solstice and use it for the good of all, right? Mm -hmm. for that, that it's a loving energy of humanity. Uh, but the, the earth, she's always going to give us some kind of lesson, at least in, in human design, because the earth will be sitting at the gate 10 at the solstice. So that'll be June 20th. Actually, I think the solstice doesn't start until, no, the solstice is, I can't tell if it's on the 21st. Solstice is on the 21st at 2.14 a.m. my time. So early-ish in the day. <laughs> and uh, we begin, though, with this energy of um, the, the challenge to all of that loving humanity energy is about loving ourselves. So we have to be able to love ourselves first. That's the, what we always think of with the earth is she's giving us the potential for what we might need to work through or evolve first in order to get to the highest expression of the sun. The highest yeah. expression is love of humanity. So we have to love ourselves first before we can even adopt that idea. And there's that dynamic tension that is always present in energy of loving because that dynamic tension is what gives us the energy to move through it. Yeah. Yeah. It's no, it's no small thing that Lartman named their calendar Pleiadian earth energy calendar. Right. 
that's that's amazing. We have a couple of questions. Um, Michelle asks, what is the book that goes along with the calendar? I'm filling my cart. I think the book comes with the calendar or with the calendar or with the cards. Oh, maybe she's talking about the book that you were talking about, the three uh, series book. What was that called? That's the Wisdom from the Stars trilogy. You want to give them the titles? Well, that yeah. Yeah, that that is the first information that we brought through Larkma. Um, the first book is called Conversations with Larkma. Okay, so uh, com it, but it's called the Wisdom Trilogy or the Wisdom Wisdom from the Stars if you're Trilogy. Looking on our website, you'll find it is the Wisdom from the Stars Trilogy. If you're just trying to find the books on Book Depository, you'll or at your bookstore, you just look for it by title. Conversations with Larkma is the first one. The second one is Remembering Who We Are. And the third one is Pleiadian Manual for Accelerated Evolution and Ascension. That's the trilogy. I have that one. <laughs> the book that goes with the calendar is Pleiadian Earth Energy Astrology. Ah, that's yes. Oh, maybe that's what she meant. Okay. I think that's, I think that's what her question was about. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's the one that tells all of the different facets of the calendar mm -hmm. and uh, gives information on how to find your own information, etc. So, okay, Michelle, if that didn't answer your question, please let me know. And then Tom also has a question. He says regarding the super consciousness, subconsciousness, etc. Please elucidate. He's using fifty cent words here today. Please elucidate shadows and shadow work. Shadow work is where you find all your shadows and you learn to love them. It's, it's, it's delving deeply into what don't I like about myself? What have I been avoiding? What, what can I do to love myself, as Pia just said, no matter what traumas I've gone through, what drama I've gone through, what scars I have, Shadow work is about really deeply, deeply looking into who am I really? What what am I made of? Who am I? And what am I afraid to face about myself? What do what am I embarrassed that somebody might see that I don't really like? It's learning to look at all those things and then heal them, work with them, change them, become friends with them instead yeah. of instead of avoiding them because they're too they're just too difficult to to deal with. It's becoming not only aware of them, but actually befriending them and saying, well, this is part of my makeup. This is who I am. And everybody has shadows to work with. It's not just me. Each of us here, we wouldn't be here on earth if we didn't have work to do, all of us. So doing shadow work is simply a way of, of evolving ourselves to understand who we are and how we can move forward and be a more whole person. And to add a, another little facet of it there, you can tell when you're interacting with a shadow part of yourself because of your emotional reaction to something, right? Your emotions are always going to tell you. They're the tell. And it doesn't matter if you are emotionally defined or not in your human design, the energy of emotion is still flowing through us and take a look and see what you're feeling about certain things. Like as you, if you're taking a step forward in your life and you're feeling unsettled or you're feeling fear, uh, there's a shadow there. And what might that shadow be? Well, maybe it's the fear of failure. Maybe it's the fear of not being good enough. Maybe it's a fear of the past repeating itself because the last time I stepped out or stepped mm -hmm. forward, you know, things blew up on me. So we have tools that'll tell us, you know, that what it is that we are actually, what's in the shadows. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. Yep. And what you said a moment ago, Janet, about truly learning to love ourselves first, that, that is probably the, the paramount foundational aspect of shadow work. If, if we can't love ourselves, if we can't go that deeply and, and simply realize we're okay, we're okay. We're not truly going to be able to love anyone else unconditionally. We're going to be filled with judgments. We're going to be filled with criticisms. We're going to be filled with everything if we don't do that fundamental first work of simply loving ourselves. 
Exactly. And a part of loving yourself is also taking responsibility for yourself, for your thoughts, for what you focus on, for what you say. Um, We can't always, I mean, our feelings are our feelings and they indicate to us, they help us to calibrate back to our heart, right? Back to what feels good or what is correct for us. Um, and I was, yeah, I, I've been thinking a lot about this as, you know, you hear different things in the news. We're always seemingly focused on something and usually it's negative, mm-hmm. right? Which is, I mean, why most people, including me, have really stopped watching the news. I only go to see what the headlines are. So I kind of have an idea of what the transits of, of the uh, stars are telling us. But if we're focusing on something, let's just say global warming, because that's a big hot button climate change, right? If we're focusing on that, we're adding energy to it. We're adding energy to it. And the energy is that we want more warming because that's what we're focusing on. Instead of focusing on the balance that the earth can write herself at any moment, she's a sentient being, she's choosing, right? She can choose to rebalance everything. It just, it's our responsibility is the point, I guess I wanted to make there, you know, what are you going to focus on the love or are you going to focus on the fear? The fear is there. It's telling you something, deal with your own stuff, (laughs) deal with it, and then choose again, choose, choose to go the path of love. Mm -hmm. It seems so simple and it's so hard sometimes in reality to make those choices, but. It it, it is. Larkma often tells us that the simplest things might be the most challenging because they look simple on the outside, but once we get into it and involved with it, we realize that it will actually take us in other directions that maybe we never thought of. We we never we were never thinking, well, if I look at this part of myself, it will open up an area that's even beyond that about another aspect of what needs to be cleaned up, helped, refined, however we want to describe it. But that is an absolute, it's like, it's like refining and polishing who we are, Mm -hmm. taking the rough edges off so that we can be truly who we really are in a, in a unified loving way of living our lives. And loving ourselves in the process, right? Absolutely. Um, A couple of people were saying things like, I think it was Susie who said, was it Susie? Somebody, I think it is my Virgo rising and I didn't want to judge me or anyone else. Well, the cool thing about this is that if you have a Virgo rising, a Virgo moon, I do. Tom has a Virgo rising, I think as well. There's a certain amount of ability to get right into the point of something to see. So judgment in this case, Susie, could be that you can see what's out of alignment like that. And then the choice becomes, what do I do about it? Right? Mm -hmm. If it's a judgment about yourself, well, add more love to oneself and just kind of even, you know, Tom, add humor, right? He's really good at bringing up humor. (laughs) And, And then work with it within yourself. If you're finding yourself trying to judge someone outside of you, then again, you're going to do this with love and only with an invitation. In fact, what I would say is if you find yourself in the, the, the wanting to judge someone else, to pull the finger backwards and look inside yourself and see what it is that you're really judging about you, because that's, you know, it, it's showing up in your outer world to show you something that maybe you've missed uh, in your judgments about yourself or your search for perfection in yourself, that kind of thing. So we can always use these energies to the positive, even if it feels at first blush, like it's not so loving, not so kind, or it's judgmental, um, turn it around, turn it around. The interesting interesting thing about emotions is they're never, ever about anyone else. The, The emotions that we create are about how we filter or how we judge whatever's happening. We can't, we cannot say I'm in a bad mood because so-and-so did this to me, or someone said something that, that, that triggered something. 
it's never about the other person. It's only about what's inside of us that we have to be concerned with. We can't point the finger and say, you did this to me or you made me feel like this. So if somebody says, you're really making me angry, you look right back at them and say, only you can make you angry. <laughs> you, you say that to, you say that to people with as much love as you can possibly say. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I could just imagine doing that in the heat of the moment and someone going, whack. <laughs> so as much loving kindness as you can, and maybe... <laughs> You don't say that, but you just hold the energy of that yourself, knowing that maybe this person's consciousness isn't, you know, very high today. And, you know, you can just hold the space of love for them. And also, you know, if you are going to have a, a negative reaction to that, um, what's going on in you? Like, where are you in resonance with that energy? Because it's all about you. Right. It's all about it. It's about me. It's about you in the moment. What's going on. Right. Exactly. And, and something else that we think is interesting is everybody is battling something and we could never know if, if someone's in a bad mood, you, you, you connect with someone and they're simply in a bad mood somewhere in public. And we make a judgment. Why is this person so mean or why is this person so irritable? What we have to realize is that they might be battling something that we're totally unaware of. They, they may be dealing with death in some form. They may be dealing with they lost their job. They may be dealing with their, their mortgage has, has gone upside down. We never know what someone is going through. And so we have to give people the benefit of the doubt, realizing that maybe they're in this mood because there's something behind it that is really, really affecting them. And I think if we do that, we won't be as judgmental. We won't, we won't immediately say, well, they're in a bad mood and they're wrecking my day. Maybe they're in a bad mood for some good reason. It's just that it shouldn't be spilling over on us. However, the person's just living their life and whether it's conscious or unconscious, yeah. it's up to them. Yeah. And, you know, we, we can do that you know, that's the easy thing is that this person must be experiencing something and, or, you know, their consciousness isn't quite ready to let go of anger or fear or whatever it is. Um, these are the things that we have to practice on a moment by moment basis in our lives and rein ourselves in, you know, when we start to go ballistic on something, um, because we're the only ones, otherwise we're the only ones that can make a difference. Otherwise, mm -hmm you know, we're feeding into that victimization pattern that's been prevalent on this planet that, you know, we're, we're needing to, to release and let go of yep. to heal. I try to live by kindness. I use that as a guiding principle. Be kind to everyone because as Colin said, you never know what someone else is dealing with. So just be kind. You don't have to do anything more than that. You don't have to accept their behavior. You don't have to judge it. You don't have to try to change it. Just be kind. That's it. So simple, right, Pia? That just is so simple. Just be kind. Mm -hmm. Just be generous of heart. Mm -hmm. Just hold the space for them for whatever, right? You don't have to be a victim of their energy, but you can still hold that kindness. I love that. That's great. Yep. Yeah. And, so, and that, that, that also brings up responding rather than reacting because if if we find ourselves in a situation that I described a moment ago about someone just being in a bad mood or spreading negativity or whatever they're doing, if we don't react to it emotionally or intellectually, but we just respond going, oh, I see they're having a problem. What the both of you just described together is, is the best way of, of dealing with this by simply responding to what is going on in the moment, as you said, Janet, not reacting to it. Because if we react to it, we're going to go off. We're going to we're going to be triggered, and we're going to add to that negative situation instead of just looking at it and saying, "Okay, I see what's going on, and I won't make it worse." Yes, and Christine says something that's really profound: be kind, but refuse to tolerate abuse. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Right. It's our choice. We get to 
we get to choose. And, you know, this has been a week, actually, this has been a month of uh, a lot of sort of volatility, emotional volatility, uh, as Mars, uh, the planet of war, <laughs> the god of war, has been in his own sign of rulership, Aries, and that empowers that very hot kind of personality. At the same time, Venus has been in her own sign of rulership, Taurus, and so she's the cool, right? So we have maybe this vacillation that people are feeling between the hot and the cool, right? And that could be very confusing, especially for people who don't really understand why it is today I'm, you know, this triggered me and I'm so hot and upset about it. And then uh, something else not triggering them and them being cool about it. So there's some volatility in the air, you know, some polarity energy out there that can be very unsettling for people that'll pass as we get into i think it's next week when venus moves into gemini breaking sort of that pattern of the distinction of hot and cold um even our weather's kind of been looking like that right hot in some areas cold in others it's kind of weird but it's there it's in the stars uh, okay, so I have something fun I want to do right now, just kind of breaking up the energy before I forget to do this today. We have had a contest running that uh, en ended on uh, Monday or Tuesday, and today we are drawing the winner. And thank you to my daughter, Heather, who totally helped me get this up and running. And then yesterday, she took and put all of the information, all the people who had liked or made a comment or subscribed or commented on YouTube, thumbs up, you know, the, the thumbs up or the likes on the, the YouTube channel. And now she put this in something called the Wheel of Names. I'm actually going to go back here for just a second to StreamYard and share my screen. And I'm hoping everybody cross their fingers that this is going to work right. And there. Now you can see all the names in here. And now I'm going to click on this and we're going to pull a winner. Can everybody see that screen? Are you guys seeing the screen, Pia and Colin? Yes. Yes. All right. Let's pick a winner. And then I have a surprise also for someone else. And it's going to say our winner is Flores Rosa. Ooh. Aye, aye, aye. Congratulations, Flores Rosa. Uh, what you have won is a free a session of your choice with me. And I'm going to close the window for that. And then also yesterday, I was testing the system. And in testing the system, it drew it drew a winner. And um, I felt bad. I'm like, oh no, right? Does that, you know, take this person's chances and drop them? So also a winner is uh, a woman named Archangela Corvino Miele. So if either of you, Archangela or Flores Rosa are out there today, please email me at Janet at living-astrology.com to set up time for your readings and thank you everybody who participated liking sharing all of that and thank you to my daughter for helping me organize it all without her i would have been totally lost <laughs> trying to keep track of all of the likes and so forth so yay i'm so excited um so Going back to our conversation this morning, I want to, I'm going to take some time right now to insert some astrology because there's something going on this weekend, I think, that in light of the conversation we've been having about loving energy and being responsible or responsive instead of reactionary, there are two, wow, the sun just peaked out, woo, um, there are two transits happening this weekend that might test us a bit especially in our relationships, because they are both Venus oriented. So first, uh, and they both happen on Saturday, not today. Today's kind of a blank day in terms of any new aspects that planets are making to one another, uh, other than the moon. And we'll talk about that in a minute. 
But the Venus transits that are happening is Venus, first of all, squaring Saturn. So as I said, Venus is in Taurus and Saturn is in Aquarius. So we have these two energies then coming together to form a sort of fear pattern and maybe having to, um, to, to look at the, the pattern of fear in your life around anything to do with your relationships, not being good enough in your relationship, not having a relationship, um, having a, you know, an, an onerous relationship, but take a look at the patterns that are, are in your relationships to see what it is that um, you might be feeling defensive about, or is the feeling defensive an indication that there is a, a fear that or a pattern that you're kicking around in your conscious mind or unconscious mind. And this is also a pattern that makes us more sensitive than usual. We're kind of seeing through a dark lens, a darker lens, a shadowed lens, if you will. And it might even be a reality check for some of us in our relationships. What are we, what a reality check in love a reality check in our finances because Venus is also the ruler of our finances and Saturn represents karmic consequences and also our values. What do we value? What do we love? What do we hold dear? And there might be a hard edge here with Saturn and Venus. But the next aspect that happens not long after this, first Venus squaring Saturn is a sextile to Neptune. Now, Venus represents the love that we feel here on Earth, kind of our interrelationships love. And Neptune represents the more spiritual love. So it's more platonic, maybe. It's mm -hmm. more embracing of all, of wholeness, of unconditional love energy. So it's the bigger order of love where Venus sort of focuses at, at the earthly plane and in our relationships. So we have the hard edge of Venus our loving relationships meeting up with Saturn and then it flowing into the softer edges of Neptune. And uh, not only are Neptune edges softer, they're more blurred. They're harder to pinpoint. What is it I'm feeling? What is it that's going on here? Um, we may have an increased feeling of loneliness or a feeling of not being understood or of not belonging. And it, it may or may not be true, right? It's probably not true. It's a feeling, right? It's a feeling. And um, that can kind of trigger or color the way that you're, you're being in relationships with people over the weekend. Um, we may over-focus on what we think we don't have instead of focusing on what we do have. So the antidote for sure is to focus on how awesome your relationships are or on what it is that drew you and another person together if there's a personal problem going on between the two of you. And open your heart, right? There's the other antidote. Open your heart to being in connection, to being in a compassionate soul, to being kind. That was Pia's word. I just threw that in there to emphasize that once more time, one more time. But also um, to be increased sensitive wise, right? Being more aware of the emotional undertones or like what Colin was saying is that we don't know what other people are experiencing or what their life has been like. So becoming more sensitive and aware of maybe subtle currents where you don't know exactly what it is, but that there's something or else, you know, you probably wouldn't be attacked by that person. So we can choose to embrace unconditional love, for ourselves and others, um, being gentle and kind and loving, or we can choose that hard edge, seeing everything through fear and shadows. That's kind of the, it, it just still reminds me of that whole Mars and Venus in, in their own signs, empowered to be their natural selves. Um, but yet it's us, it's us that chooses. What, what are we going to do? Are we going to go to the hard edge or are we going to stay in the softer side of things? Uh, but that is happening tomorrow. It will also color Sunday's energy. And I find that interesting, Pia and Colin, because that's the last day of the calendar uh, round, the last of the that week. Uh, that week that began at one seeing, right? Yeah. Yes. 
Yeah, one seeing. Ends at one remembering. 13 remembering. I'm sorry, 13 remembering. I knew what you meant. 13 remembering. Uh, tell us a little bit more about 13 remembering in light of maybe some of these things that are um, astrologically well, occurring. I think one thing we haven't talked about is each of the 13 day periods begin in a certain direction and end in the same direction. So we began in a Western direction with seeing energy, which we've talked about. Mm -hmm. And now we're ending in a Western direction of remembering energy. And remembering is a very peaceful energy. It's a harmonious energy. It's a call to, as Lartman says, remember who we are. That's what remembering energy is about. Another way to look at it since it's landing on 13 is remember the steps we've gone through this entire 13 day period and look and see what we've done right and what we could have done better. So when we start again on one loving, we will have learned something valuable during this period. I love it. That makes a lot of sense because of just looking at my own life over this past 13 days. Uh, and in light of that sort of up and down the volatility and uh, in the energies, um, I just have to share this was so funny. I was really upset one day because UPS needed my signature on something that was coming and they went to the wrong house. They went to the house in front of me, put a slapped a sign on there that said, Hickox, not home, need a signature. We'll be back tomorrow. And I'm like, you idiots, you're at the wrong house. I was sitting here waiting for you. And I really started to get really upset about it. I calmed myself and I called UPS who assured me that the person would come back that day and they didn't. Mm. <laughs> so the next day I was really upset. I called them back. I'm like, you guys didn't keep your word. You told me you assured me he would come back last night and he did not. Oh, we're very sorry. And that's all they can say, right? What can they say? I'm sorry. And so uh, I was in the, I just was starting with the client and the doorbell rings. I'm like, I, I'm sorry. I have to go to the door because I know what this is. I wanted to rake that guy over the coals, right? I was so upset. You're disturbing my client and me. You are upsetting my day. And when I got to the door and I opened up the door, I saw the most goofy looking guy <laughs> he he looked chagrined like he knew that he had done something wrong and I couldn't be mad at him I couldn't be mad at him I was like are you my usual driver that delivers here he's like no and I said oh so you didn't realize there was a house back here and he's like no <laughs> I'm like well, thank you for finding me and bringing me this package. Have a great day. It was like all the, the wind just went out of my anger uh, because now I was face to face with a person. It wasn't just this entity that I could be upset with over, you know, a, a disembodied voice on a phone telling me, oh, yes, they'll be back. Now it brought it into the real personal one to one. And, you know, I, I don't know what his life is like. Exactly what you said, Colin. He looked a little haggard. Like, he, he probably taken a lot of heat lately. And I just didn't. The... <laughs> that, that's really funny. That's really funny, Janet, because maybe he made a whole lot of mistakes. Not, not just you, but maybe his sense of chagrin was because he kept not finding the right people in the right houses and the, the poor guy is probably having a terrible time. And you helped him by not reacting. So actually what you did probably eased his life more than you could imagine. Maybe so. But it was funny because it was like he thought he knew that he was going to hear it from me because he stepped back with the door. <laughs> Like she's loaded for bear. And then I just couldn't do it. I couldn't be upset with them. I mean, because, you know, we're all doing our best. That was what went through my head. We're all just out here doing our best. And uh, even though I was irritated at the whole situation, it wasn't him per se, Wh whatever. Right. So sometimes we just have to laugh at ourselves and just, you know, give up the bad stuff right? Just let it go. Is it worth it really to have an altercation with a person face to face over something? I, the package was in his hand. He's giving it to me. It's now solved. So don't be mad anymore. 
Uh, and, and think about how many times in our lives that that is the simplest little thing, a delivery that went astray. Yep. Yep. And, and that's interesting. P and I have watched this. People in their anger often take it out on service people, whether it's a waitress, a waiter, mm. a UPS delivery man, um, anybody that's that's in service who who either hasn't done a spectacular job or they they're given too many responsibilities and they can't possibly take care of all these things they've been told in their eight hour shift. People often are not very nice to these service people. And I think that's one clue that it's not their fault, probably. It's probably the fault of the company they work for, giving them too many responsibilities. Or not enough directions. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe it's nobody's fault because right now there's such a glut in um, finding employees that want to actually work that a lot of the people who are working are being overworked. Exactly. Because they're having to fill in and, and... uh, what I thought was that maybe they're even hiring people that have no clue how to do the job yes. just to fill a, a body in a role to get deliveries done in this case. But, you know, every one of my own kids that are out there are working in places where one after another people are leaving just because. And then that puts more burden on each of them to work. Mm-hmm. So now you, th- you take that home with you at the end of the day, right? You've worked hard and, and now your kids, they want your attention or, you know, there's other things you have to do. So there's a lot going on behind the scenes in people's lives mm-hmm. that we just don't see. So have that kindness. Mm-hmm. I got a big lesson in kindness in that moment. It was, right? I just wanted to come unglued and I couldn't. I just couldn't. But the wonderful thing is, guess what? You made the right choice. <laughs> I certainly felt better about doing that than I would have felt if I had been angry and upset with the man. Exactly. Exactly. I have a little sign on my computer that when I turn on my computer every day, it's the first thing I see. It says, kindness is the gift of life. I love it. That's and I awesome. I remember that every day. Yeah. I also want to remind everybody today, the moon is in Aquarius for the whole day today. And then it will shift tomorrow. We have a uh, void of, of course, moon from 11.50, this is specific time, so 11.50 a.m. until 4.01 p.m., where the moon's just kind of wandering around, and then she will shift into Pisces energy. So Sunday's energy, along with 13 remembering, is going to be so nice for contemplation or meditation or just being together. It's Father's Day. I don't know if the whole world celebrates Father's Day on the same day, but in the U.S., it's Father's Day. Uh, it's my birthday on Sunday, so I'm going to have a good time, right? I'm just going to be loving and kind and just have a really great day. And the moon today, however, is a little bit more hmm, rebellious, shall we say? <laughs> the, the moon today is going to come into a square with Uranus. So out of today's little bit of rebellion, uh, argumentativeness, uh, arg- argumentativeness, uh, it might be the little things that get you, right? The little things that irritate you. So don't focus on the little things that irritate you. Focus on the bigger picture, the peace, the love behind it all. And that means we may also later this afternoon have uh, emotional uh, overreactions to things that are happening uh, or to an emotional stimulus of some sort, right? Mm-hmm. So watch for that. You don't, you have the choice, right? You have the choice. You don't have to behave in that manner. Uh, in the moment, choose the path of peace or the path of love or the path of kindness, generosity, tolerance, acceptance. There's a lot of words that we could throw out there for us to behave in a manner that is much more loving and kind. Uh, So, Tom, don't sweat the small stuff. It's all small stuff. I love that. (laughs) Somebody or another said that. And thank you for the birthday wishes, everybody. I love you all. any last words, anything that, oh, we want to tell everybody that we will not be together in July. Uh, you're, a break. Yeah, Taking a little break. We'll be back with you in August. Right. It'll be August 19th. I think we decided. Yes, and, yes right. Um, it's funny. Those numbers are so little now. It must be my eyes. <laughs> um, definitely not my age. Uh, <laughs> so we'll be back together in August. 
uh, we won't be together in July. And I beg everybody's pardon. I totally blanked out on today being our day for our Astro Design Meetup. It is on at noon time, my time, so 3 p.m. East Coast time. As soon as we are done here this morning, I will post the link in the Living Astrology Facebook page. Uh, if you need it separately from that, hit me up by text or messenger, and I will send that to you. My apologies for not remembering to bring that up sooner. And that, of course, is our time to take a look at your personal charts, to ask questions about what's happening in your own lives, etc., and to chat about those things. All right. Everybody. Take care, everybody. Much love. Have a happy weekend. Happy Father's Day to all of you fathers out there. Take care now.